0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The tent. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. So have you ever noticed that we as fish geeks tend to operate in our own little world? It's It's almost like we're blissfully ignorant of how it all seems to those on the outside. we have our own language, our own terminology, like any little culture. Like, we may be so hyper-focused on one aspect of our hobby, or simply the hobby in general, that we fail to take into account how things look to those who aren't hobbyists. You know, people who observe our aquariums from time to time, or maybe daily because they live with us. But people that are, let's face it, for one reason or another, not really into fish. And... Perhaps it's because we're too in the game. We simply can't distance ourselves from the realities of our hobby. (laughs) So you ever noticed how the non-Aquarian people in your life, especially those whom you reside with, seem to have this incredible knack for asking the perfect rhetorical question? I mean, some seem sort of obvious to everyone else, even though we might not want to hear them. Yeah, it seems like the skeptical, or perhaps the mildly amused, non-fishy residents of your home are usually the main source of these little gems. And perhaps if we look at a few of them more closely, we can see exactly what the core point is and leverage the concerns expressed in the question to create more harmonious home life, right? Yeah. Think about that for a minute. In our world, harmonious home life often translates into uh, green light for more fish tanks. Like that's the ultimate seal of approval for all of us, right? It pays to listen to these kinds of suggestions and observations from these very important people. Besides, a lot of times they're spot on, regardless of if we like to hear them or not. And we'd be wise to accept the validity of their observations and to take action on them rather than simply explain them away or take them as some sort of personal affront like we may tend to do at times. I know over the years I've kind of done that with people. Now here's a few classic rhetorical questions that the hardcore fish geek like you and I is bound to encounter now and again when living with or dealing with people that aren't quite fish people. So you'll see the person pointing to a sick or maybe even a a dead fish that you haven't yet discovered. Maybe you haven't been in the tank, you haven't been to the tank that day or whatever, or you're just about to net it out. And of course you'll get a, wow, those fish are kind of delicate, huh? They don't live so long in this tank. Hmm, now beyond the hint the, the hit that your your ego takes as a result of this little discovery, perhaps there's a small kernel of truth here. I mean, it could simply be that the zebra Daniel croaked, or in the case of say a more delicate embuna or guarmi or whatever, a pisto, that the environment or maybe the husbandry techniques you're applying to your aquarium needs some review and perhaps some tweaking. The casual observer noticing frequent or regular fish losses really shouldn't be ignored. I mean, it's a responsibility for us to get to the bottom of this stuff. We may not like to be under the microscope for stuff like this, but it's often very valuable when we use it as a constructive criticism or a constructive observation. And then we go investigate and solve a potential issue, isn't it? Then there's another one of those, one of my my least favorite ones. Uh, My wife is very sensitive to noise, so I'll hear this one periodically. Hmm, I'm trying to remember, was the tank making this much noise last week? That's another absolute classic that can tip you off to some real potential issues, right? Again, I've personally experienced this one many times. Believe me, non-fish people, particularly spouses or other residents, notice every hum, every whir, every pop your aquariums make. And if something changes, or if it's just kind of mad scientist lab sounding to begin with, they'll be the first to let you know. It might be a little bit annoying for you to hear these reports, yet consider the potential issues that these things could be harbingers of. This is the kind of feedback that could literally save your aquarium or at the very least your home life. Check those plumbing connections, check the air and water pumps, impellers, et cetera. Perhaps something just needs a minor adjustment. Perhaps something fell off. Perhaps something major is about to fail. Maybe something got disconnected. Regardless, this is the kind of feedback that we should never consider, you know, annoying or just to or ignore it. The fact that others recognize this kind of stuff is a huge tip off and it's actually very valuable to us. I mean, it's analogous to when I when you know you are non pilot and you are a passenger in an airplane. And you hear a loud bang and see smoke coming out of the engine. You don't have to be a pilot to know that there is something wrong, and maybe you ought to bring it to someone's attention. It's that kind of thing. Then there is another classic one that you will encounter from time to time, uh, and again another one of those rhetorical questions: Has the tank always had that weird smell? I've encountered this one before. Now, earthy, a common ascribed olfactory observation of our botanical method aquariums is one thing. You can no doubt easily explain to the uninitiated that the earthy, rather pleasant smell is normal. Now, the word weird is quite another. Aquariums shouldn't smell weird. So what do you do? Well, check the filter, check the floor, check the sand, check the protein skimmer. If it's a reef tank, check everything. Something's definitely amiss. This is an absolute red flag and you need to jump on it immediately. I mean, yuck, right? The Smell is not good. Here's another one that uh, is kind of cool. Uh, those algae eaters, they don't work very hard, do they? <laughs> oh yeah, we know what this means. Your tank, it, it flat out, has too much algae. When even a non-fish person, who generally doesn't observe these things, notices, you have to finally accept and deal with this. Non-fish people are usually at least semi-excited about everything they see in an aquarium. So when they are pointing out something to you that is affecting the aesthetic, you need to take note of their subtle hints and attack that problem head on and immediately. Now, in botanical-style aquariums, with our tinted water, we accept a certain amount of biofilms, fungal growth, algae, and such. And believe it or not, the casual observer will take this we'll, we'll take this into account and understand and appreciate it for some reason I found it easier to show people that this is a natural type of a setup than I have with other tanks so you get a little more leeway by virtue of the aesthetic of a botanical method aquarium it's kind of interesting however when it begins to look less than natural and more like problematic this feedback from other people is really worth listening to in my opinion there's numerous ways to address algae You know, I'm not going to get into this one, but it's time to literally roll up your sleeves and get to work on identifying and controlling this stuff once and for all. It's just one of those things, right? Another classic one that you encounter. Is is that big fish supposed to chase the skinny one all over the tank? Yeah, you may have noticed that you have a problem fish in there and you choose to maybe wait and see how things go before taking action. We've all been there. And yes, it truly sucks to literally have to tear a tank apart to get one fish. I've had to do this with a 200... 25 gallon reef aquarium before and it was very miserable (laughs) however this type of behavior is generally a life and death matter for many fishes in addition to simply stressing a single fish the entire community is under stress and stress leads to disease or worse so when the non-fish person notices bullying it's time to take action so where's the net go for it another one of my favorites oh wow you have a lot of little tadpole thingies in there by your little cichlids are they normal well that's a good one my god your non-fish roommate noticed that your epistogramma Elizabethae or whatever spawned before you did now that's kind of cool An ironclad proof that we should value the observations of a non-fish person just as much as we do another fish geek i can't tell you how many times my wife or other visitors notice stuff like that in my aquariums it's an exciting discovery for sure and it's proof of the value of having the other members of your household engaged in your love of the hobby it's a good thing now here's one that's not so fun (laughs) this is this is a great one wouldn't it be easier if you had a towel there my wife asked me this at least once a week let's face it you've been a bit messy and you're kind of on notice now if that siphon hose really was in the bucket your feet wouldn't be getting wet right I mean, these are the kind of things that can literally result in ultimatums being given and threats to make tough choices about continuing your fish hobby. I've seen friends up in the proverbial doghouse with their spouses over stuff like this, and it didn't always end well for them or their hobby careers. Up your game, man. It's vitally important, really, to understand the concerns of the other members of your household. I'm lucky. My wife is super understanding. She knows about my, I call them my dark ops when I'm sneaking buckets and things back and forth. She knows what's going on. She knows that I occasionally drip water and she doesn't come in and drive me crazy with every little drip. She'll just say, hey, you know, um, I noticed some water on the floor. You might want to wipe it up in a, in a very nice way. She's supportive and I, and I like that. And I think every spouse can be, to a certain extent, if you tell him or her that. Um, you know, you're going to make a mess now and again. You sort of preload it. <laughs> it's vitally important to understand those concerns. And, and, and again, how those aquariums uh, impact them. So why not take that less than subtle hint that you should put a drop cloth or a towel down on the hardwood floor surrounding the aquarium? It's not that hard. Talk about preserving domestic tranquility. That's a great way. Taking care of the overall home environment is a simple small gesture that will reap great dividends down the line. Trust me on this one. And there's another one. This is one that some people have. I've had to use this one over the years with uh, family members and girlfriends. Fortunately, again, my wife is is the best about this. But you'll get that. I don't remember seeing that fish in there. Have you always had that one? Of course, when she or he is pointing to the very, very expensive coral or fish that you added when you said, I'm not going to add any more. We don't have enough money to do this or that. Uh, Shit, you're busted. (laughs) I've only got a few responses for you on that one. All of them carry risk. And potentially huge downsides yeah you're on your own with this one actually (sighs) the observations of non-aquarium people they're almost annoyingly useful often ridiculously accurate and they're always important to heed so in summary the next time a non-aquarium person especially a resident of the household that's your significant other makes that seemingly innocuous comment about whatever be sure to take heed because more often than not there's some good actionable information or even advice contained in that rhetorical question. And by taking action on the observation, you might not only benefit your fishes and your hobby, you might just gain an ally in the process. Yeah, there's actually a chance you might even convert a non-fish person into a hobbyist too. Crazier things have happened. Something to ponder, right? So keep listening. Don't get flustered by those suggestions. Stay calm, stay open-minded, stay diplomatic, stay diligent, stay flexible, and stay careful and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The tent.